Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Funnelist podcast. Plenty discussed today. The headline news is that Iga Sviatek, the 19-year-old, is the Women's French Open champion with an excellent win today. Very eye-catching result over Sophia Kenin, 6-4, 6-1. She won her first Grand Slam title. She's the lowest-ranked player ever to win the French Open. I've just been informed from Michael Gillett, who joins me on the line. How are you doing? You've stolen my best fact already. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well, thank you. Um, amazing win for Sweet Tech. Um, you know, 19 years old, two years younger than me, and she's won the French Open. I should probably just stop comparing people's ages to my own age because it's just not important. But uh, yeah, a- amazing for her. Um, and yeah. Obviously, a bit of a, a shock win that seemed quite likely as we came into this weirdly scheduled uh, French Open and probably the windiest one we, we've definitely ever seen. Um, obviously, Sviatek beat the favourite, Simona Halep, so maybe she's got a bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card now that Sviatek's gone on and won the title. Um, you know, it's kind of fair enough that Halep ended up ended up losing to her in, in the fourth round. Just um, what's, what's, what's the verdict on Iga Sviatek for you? She's sort of come out of nowhere. I mean, I, I have to say I'd, I'd never heard the name um, before this tournament, but some very eye-catching wins, even in... In the uh, semi-final, I believe she only dropped three games. I I watched most of it and, yeah, it was (laughs) very straightforward for her. She looks very at home on the clay. Obviously, only 19. Definitely has the game to compete. Certainly, I'd say at the French Open, at least. Again, I'd have to watch more of her on other surfaces to say otherwise. But as we've spoke um, just pre-podcast about Yelena Rostopenko and how this maybe feels a little similar um, of of a player coming from deep in the field to surprise surprise the rest of the rest of the players and take the title would you say we I mean we haven't seen Ostapenko really compete for a slam since then after really shocking everyone as a as a teenager or a 20 year old as you said um so yeah what what's your verdict on Sviatek do you think she is the next woman to take the game by storm um, I mean, before this tournament, I, when I saw her beat Alep, I, I was sure I did recognise the name. And um, I just I found out today, actually, um, and this tri- rings a bell, actually. Uh, she won the Wimbledon Juniors title just two years ago, and I think that must be where I, I know her name from. So she's, she's definitely, I think, that would show has got the quality to win on other surfaces if she's won the Wimbledon Juniors title. Yeah. Is good on grass the same year she won the girls' doubles final alongside Katty McNally uh, at the French, that was. Um, so she's clearly got it. I think Ostapenko really did come out of nowhere, uh, and it's been a shame uh, just what what's happened with her since. I remember seeing her, I think it was the, it was the year after at Eastbourne, uh, I saw her play live. Um, I can't remember who she played, but she lost. I think it was Madison Keys, possibly. Uh, she she lost quite comfortably, to be honest. Um, so yeah, it was a shame. But I think um, I think from what we've seen from Sweetek uh, this this week, we we certainly can't write her off um, going on and winning more titles. She's looked fantastic um, to absolutely thump Simone Halep. I I can't think off the top of my head the the results Ostapenko had. On her way, but but I'm I'm not sure if she won a match in in that fashion against the favourite uh, of the tournament. And we all thought Simona Halep was going to win. Most people thought Simona Halep was going to win, and just not just beating her, but to completely wipe her off the court uh, was just amazing. And she's really backed it up. I mean, Kenin 
win, won the Australian Open earlier this year, uh, which in itself was a bit of a, a, a surprise result, but not as big as this. Um, and she's gone and beaten Ken in uh, to the drop, uh, just drop five games. So, um, and and I, I believe um, she uh, Ken didn't even hold a, a service game in the second set. So. Um, yeah, we're really, really impressed with Svitek this week. Um, you know, as for the future, we we can't tell yet. We don't want to um, look at someone like Ostapenko and write her off straight away because you know she's just won. She's just won a Grand Slam, and everyone starts somewhere. And every everyone that's uh, sort of like a sort of Serena Williams on the women's side and, and Venus, they both started at very young age, uh, young ages, winning these slams. So. Um, yeah, could potentially be the beginning of a, a long and and a, and and well well earned uh, career. But uh, yeah, you know, you, you never know in tennis. Yeah, a word on Ostapenko. I, I don't think there is really that comparison there. Ostapenko, a lot more of a sort of erratic style, really. I mean, sometimes it, it it's kind of a not a surprise when you see Ostapenko play that you know that that she is an inconsistent player because of the style of her game. She goes for so many wingers, uh, winners. She goes for the lines a lot and uh, occasionally has those games where she hits a lot of unforced errors and can lose quite comfortably. A word on Sophia Kenin. I did watch her semi-final against Petra Kvitova, which she was the underdog for and ended up winning in, in, in straight sets. Um, I have to say, watching it, it did feel a little bit more like Kvitova played worse than Kenin played well, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, she, Kvitova had opportunities and she managed to sort of fight her way back into sets. But um, obviously, Kenin held on. I think it will definitely be a, a performance that Kvitova will be very disappointed with. And yeah, compared to Sviatek, obviously she got into the uh, into the final much much more straightforwardly. It is, I suppose. A match that um, maybe you think if someone like Victoria Azarenka hadn't gone out in the first round, if Serena Williams hadn't had to pull out, how would they have fared in the last four? But, you know, Sviatek's title and she'll have the chance to prove herself. I'm sure that'll be a massive ranking jump from 53 in the world. So we definitely should see her straight in into the main draw and uh, hopefully going deep in, into some events in the future. Yeah, I've just um just quickly I'll come in. Um, I've just read um that earlier in the tournament, uh, Svitek actually said that she might step away from the tour to go to university. Um, this she said this uh, it, earlier in the tournament is what I'm reading. I don't know how early, but uh, I'm wondering if maybe she might want to reconsider slightly uh, stepping away from the tour now that she's won a Grand Slam at the age of nineteen. Well, I mean, that'll pay for her tuition fees, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what I should have done before I went to uni, just win a Grand Slam. <laughs> yeah, I think she'll probably rethink that. Or, yeah, <laughs> she'll probably be advised to definitely give that a rethink. Um, so, yeah, that concludes our analysis on the women's final. 6-4-6-1 uh, to 3-tech. It was uh, five breaks to two in the end. And, yeah, just really... Um, putting on the accelerator in that second set after Kenin broke in the opening game, winning six games on the trot. It really was an impressive win in the end. Moving on and to look ahead to the men's singles final coming up tomorrow. And uh, 
Michael definitely spent a long time on uh, on a Friday enjoying two really good matches between Diego Schwartzman and Rafael Nadal and Stefanos Tsitsipas and Novak Djokovic, the latter obviously going five sets the distance. This is probably the most predictable final. However, it definitely wasn't uh, as easy as some people might have thought for Djokovic. And as, as we've been discussing off-air, Rafael Nadal had to produce some of his best tennis to get past Diego Sportsman. He did it in, in straight sets. It's a, it's a pretty scoreline for the Spaniard, but there's a little bit more in, into the match than, uh, than meets the eye just looking at the score. It is, you have to say, another, another good performance from Sportsman despite, despite going out in straights. Yeah, for sure. I know um, we've been talking the last few days and I, I was raving about uh, Karen Hatchinoff's performance against Djokovic earlier in the tournament. Um, even though he lost in straight support, he played some fantastic tennis. And, and I think Schwartzman against Nadal was an even bigger example of this. Um, Schwartzman played fantastically. Uh, I think it, it's just sort of so cruel and unfair that he, he doesn't even have a set to show for it. Um, he, he really he, he troubled Nadal through the whole match. Maybe not the second set. I think the, the middle of the match, he maybe faded away a little bit and Nadal took a lot more control of it. But... Um, the first, I mean, literally in the first game, he had break points. The first game lasted 14 minutes. Um, you know, perhaps a bit of a missed opportunity. Uh, I know I was listening to the tennis podcast this morning. Uh, I mean, it was Catherine Whitaker was saying on it, um, you know, you even if it's just in the first game of a, of a semi-final, if you get a chance, you've got to be ready to take these because you're not going to get many. And I think that maybe was was the case with Schwarzman. Maybe a little bit of a missed opportunity in the first set, but it's you know against Rafael Nadal at the French. You know, it's it's probably it's the hardest match in tennis. Um, you, you can't get a player or at a tournament that is that is better than than Nadal at the French. So it's it's the hardest match to play. And he did play brilliantly. Um, third set, I think. Um, he he was three one and four two down. He managed to break back. He lost that break again, and then he broke back again. Um, I got into a tie break, but then Dow just pulled off some very Nadal esque uh, styled play and, and and won it. In uh, he, he won that tie break seven love. But um, I think that um, Schwartzman can lead this tournament with his head held high. It's his best ever Grand Slam performance. Um, and I was saying to you before we came on, I do think in the future, you know, in the next couple of Ronald Garris's, at some point, whether whether it's tomorrow or or whether it's in the future, at some point someone will have to stop Nadal late on in in the tournament. And obviously, obviously, it did happen back in 2015 when Djokovic beat him, but um, different circumstances. I think, uh, and I, I do think of the active players on tour, Schwartzman is one of the ones that that could beat him. Uh, Dominic Team and Djokovic are the first two that spring to mind um, that have the potential to beat him. But I, I've got to say, Schwarzman, Schwarzman good. He's really troubled Nadal before at the French, got a set off him a few years ago. The only man to get a set off him at that tournament, I think it was 2017, maybe 18. Um, so yeah, no, re- really fantastic from Schwarzman. Can't take anything away from him, but uh, yeah, relentless from Nadal uh, as always. Yeah, I mean, personally for me, I'd say that you'd have to count Schwartzman in the top five in the world on clay. Uh, definitely off, uh, off form in it's post-lockdown anyway. Um, but moving on to the second semi-final, and 
This one looked like it was going according to plan for Novak Djokovic. Uh, he was serving for the match at 5-4 in the third set, but the Greek Tsitsipas managed to sort of capture the imagination of everyone supporting the underdog, I guess, and break back and uh, break Djokovic twice in a row to win that set 7-5. He then won the fourth set, and unfortunately he couldn't quite carry on his momentum and just maintain that ridiculous level of tennis, really. It's possibly the best... Uh, the best sort of set in a set in an end of a set a set and a half of his career, definitely in, in Grand Slams, I'd probably argue. Um, so yeah, a very good effort from Sitsipas Djokovic getting through easily in five. Uh, he won the fifth set six one or six two, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, setting up that final of Nadal versus Djokovic, just a bit of uh, added context to that. If Rafael Nadal does win, he has is making history by equaling Roger Federer's 20 Grand Slam title wins record, um, which for me definitely feels like one of the things that's keeping the big three still motivated, definitely looking for that. I mean, everyone's going to have their own opinions, but they could feel that it's sort of like a undisputed GOAT tag if, you, if you've got the most Grand Slams. Djokovic on 17, he'll, uh, he'll be just one behind Rafa and two behind Federer if, uh, if he wins. And he's, of course, got... Uh, one or two years on Rafa, I think, and uh, definitely quite a few on Roger. So, yeah, it's a mouth-watering match. Um, really looking forward to seeing it. I do think that Djokovic will pose a threat. Uh, I, I can't, I can't see this one being another straight sets win for Nadal. I don't know, especially if it's Djokovic is at 100% fitness. However, as you say, um, you know, hours on court, games played. Rafa's definitely played a lot less than Djokovic, particularly in the semi-final, but possibly, um, obviously, Djokovic dropping that set to Corona Busta in the quarter-final. So throughout the tournament, Rafa might be the fresher player. And yeah, he's got such good history at this tournament, going for his 13th title. It is hard to see Djokovic pulling it off, but he's, he's one of two men to beat Rafa at the French before. Um, do you think he stands a good chance? Um, well, just uh, before I answer your question there, I'll just go back to the semi-final with Sitsipas. Well, um, massive performance from Sitsipas, I think. It's probably the one of the best performances I've seen from him. And I think even though he lost it in five and he'll be disappointed with that fifth set, I think like Schwartzman, he can walk, walk away from his tournament with his head held high because, it, it, in my opinion, it's his best performance at a Grand Slam. He got that big win over Federer at the um, Australian Open. Must have been last... No, was it last year? Twenty nineteen? Yeah, it would have been twenty nineteen. Um so yeah, but I think um he, he got um absolutely crushed in the semi final by Nadal of that. So um yeah, I I think this one definitely has to top top that one. Uh so yeah, he he'll go away. I think um we've seen him play well on clay before in the past and, and this week's definitely been an example of that. And he, we know he's got the ability on other surfaces as well. So I do think this week really uh cements him in your mind as one of these players that that can and and possibly will sort of take the reins a little bit as uh, the big free fade. Uh, anyway, going on to the the final, um, yeah, uh, the fifty sixth meeting between these two, which is just mad to say. Um, they played this many times. Uh, Djokovic narrowly leads that. Um, it'll be the I think it's the eighth time they played at the French, however, and Nadal leads that six one. Uh, but the last one being the one that Djokovic won in 2015 and won convincingly 
So I think that will help Djokovic in the final. So I, I definitely do give Djokovic a chance. I really do. Um, an, an interesting stat uh, that I, I was reading this morning, Marcus, is um, that Djokovic has obviously only lost once this year, and that's the default to Carreño Busta at the US. And Nadal has lost. So if, if you don't count that as a loss, I mean, okay, we can count it as a loss. So it's, it's one loss. Nadal has lost three times more than that this year in 13 less matches. Uh, so, you know, I think Djokovic's record is something like 31 wins and one defeat, but, you know, you can maybe not count it as a defeat, depending on how you look at it. Um, and Nadal is something like 18 wins and four losses or something. This was before the French was played, actually. So um, they'll both be six more wins uh, on that. I think the ATP website stats that are before the week start. But, um, yeah, I think, so I think Djokovic has got the form going into it outside of the French, but of course Nadal's going to be favourite uh, because of his record of the French. So I think it could be a really fan- fantastic match, and I do actually really give Djokovic a chance. It's the most chance I've given against a, a player against Nadal at the French for a long time because you know the last three finals he's played Ravrinka. I I thought I had a chance because we've seen Ravrinka. Uh, do very well at Slams before, but he got absolutely blitzed by Nadal and team the last two years. Although we can't dispute his ability on clay, I, I haven't given him a chance in, in either match. So, I think Djokovic definitely give him a chance. Um, he'll really want to win after the the um, events of the US. He'll feel that he's really got a point to prove and sort of try and win some love back from the fans. Um, yeah, and, and as you say, that race is is really heating up for the all-time Grand Slam winners. I think every time the players themselves get asked about it in interviews, they always say, oh, I'm not bothered about that. I'm not bothered about that. But of course they are. Of course they are. Of course it's kept keeping them going. Um, of course they want to be, they all want to be the best. They all they all love success, those three, and that's why they, they are where they are. I think I think it's fair to say, and you know, I don't want to write Roger Federer off of anything, but I think it's fair to say we could maybe assume that Federer might not win another slam now. Um, it, it, you know, as I said, it, it's hard to say, but um, I think he might stay on 20, whereas uh, Nadal and Djokovic, yeah, it's really big in the race this match tomorrow. Um, and sorry, I'm, I'm sort of rambling on a little bit, but um, yeah, I, I would say um, Djokovic has a massive chance, but uh, yeah, Nadal, of course, will be favourite. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, yeah, the the race is definitely heating up a lot, as you say. Obviously, I, I see, I see similarities with Serena Williams in the women's game chasing that Margaret Court all time record. Obviously, playing at thirty nine now. Um, I, in predictions, um, I give Djokovic little chance. Sadly, um, for me, I think. I'd have team as the second best clay player in the world and Djokovic third. Uh, he beat him there last year and took a set off Nadal in the final. I, d- I don't know. I felt better about team going into that match than I do Djokovic in this one. But you just know no one can dig deeper, in my opinion, than Novak. Um, he'll, he'll leave it all on the court, you know. Even if he does get a beating, you know, he'll fight for every single point. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting. I, pr- I probably want Novak to win, to be honest. Um, I've seen a lot of Rafa winning at the French. It would be nice for a change. Uh, although, um, it would be interesting to see him equal Roger. So, I'm going to go with 
Rafa Nadal in four sets for the match tomorrow. Just a word on you said about Sitsipas potentially challenging for slams again. I mean, it's easy to forget that the guy's 22 years old. It feels like he's been around for a while, which he has been. I mean, he's been on the main tour since sort of eight, since he was about 18. Um, but yeah, definitely much, much more co- to come from that man. Um, but yeah, my prediction is Rafa Nadal in four sets. Um, Djokovic to do similarly to how team did last year. Um, but yeah, I, I really can't see Rafa being pushed too far tomorrow, unfortunately, though I would like to see otherwise. Yeah, in terms of my prediction, um, before the tournament, I predicted Djokovic to beat Nadal in the final. Though the last few days have maybe made me think otherwise, I am going to be too proud to change. And yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go Djokovic. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. Uh, and yeah, I'm gonna go for Djokovic in five. Why not? I respect that. Very bold. You know, stick it, stick into your guns. Yeah, all right, that's to be fair. Um, so that concludes our little preview of the big match tomorrow. I hope uh, everyone's got time to watch it. it should, should be a classic if uh, if both players turn up, no matter what the final scoreline. Um, so just to conclude this episode, we've got guest the player as always, and Michael's been prepping one to try and mug me off. Yeah, I am. Um, I wrote five clues for this yesterday, and then I read them and sort of asked myself them and thought. Yeah, this one's quite hard. So I have thrown a few more in. I'm, I'm just going to pick and sort of choose the clues as I go. The um, the first clue, as always, quite vague. We'll go for uh, I'm a left-hander. So it does narrow it down a little bit. But... Blimey. Uh, uh, I'm going to say no. You've already done guess the player for Denis Shapovalov, I believe, so I'm not going to say him. Uh, left-handers. I, it's it's not the kind of thing that I notice when I watch. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stumbling a bit to be honest. Left-handers. Oh, I'll, I'll end up guessing a right-hander if I don't say Rafael Nadal. You going for Nadal? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Incorrect. Um, okay. Second clue. I've been in the fourth round of a Grand Slam on three separate occasions and these all came at Wimbledon. So three fourth rounds at Wimbledon, uh, but never anywhere else. Okay. Likes the grass courts. Three fourth rounds. Okay. Yes. Uh, Left-handed Feliciano Lopez. Yeah, I knew that that would be who you would guess at that point, but no. I think Lopez might have been in quarters at Wimbledon. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Um, maybe not, but um, yeah, a good guess, but no. Uh, for clue number three, we will go for... Actually, I'll put two of my clues together, actually. We'll go for... Um, I've been consistently inside the top 100 since July 2014... And I am now 32 years old. There's detail in this. A couple of details there. He's yeah. looked at the little graph on the ATP website. Uh, not not the graph. It had like a sort of table. And I just sort of scrolled down until it was in three digits. So yeah, July 2014, been in the top 100 since then. And he's 32. 
three Grand Slam, four Grand Slam. Is that the furthest they've got in a slam? Did you say that? Yeah, it's the only times they've ever been in four rounds at Grand Slams. And they okay. really won. So someone that is a consistent player, 32 years old, top 100 for a long time. Yeah, six years. So someone with a good injury record. 32 is not yeah. that old. But they've never done it in a slam, really, and they like grass. I was just, when I think a grass court specialist is always someone that's done better than the fourth round. So maybe it's someone yeah, it's a good point, actually. stumbled upon doing all right on the... The Gilles Miller. Yeah, what a hero. Cool. Um, no. This is one of the tougher ones, yeah, I think. It is quite a tough one. It wasn't intended to be a tough one. It was only after... I think this is the sort of player that I don't think I can make it easy for. Okay. If that's a clue in itself. <laughs> I'm thinking of players and then I know that they've dropped down out of the top 100 before. To the listeners, Marcus is currently looking very puzzled. So I'll just cut all the long pauses. <laughs> oh, make it sound like you get it instantly. <laughs> Oh, God. Nah, move on. Pause. That again? You don't even want to go? <laughs> no, just, just name a player. I, I, I'm not going to laugh. No, I feel, not... I'm thinking of right-handers and people that have fallen out of the top 100, so it's okay. pointless. Fair enough. Um, right, we'll go for... Um, I'm currently ranked 39 in the world, and I have been as high as 22nd in 2018. Okay. Okay. A little more of a clue. 39. You need to stop doing the tennis quiz again. Current world number 39. <laughs> you have got Amy looking it up for you. No, I don't. <laughs> Maybe we should start doing the ranking quiz again. Nine. The rankings have been pretty stagnant for a while, so maybe I should have a chance here. Ooh. Career high twenty two, so there's nothing, nothing too special, really. I wouldn't. I would take twenty second in the world. Well, yeah, so would I. But situation. <laughs> Germans are good on grass, but Carl Schreiber's not thirty nine in the world. <laughs> they did win the World Cup, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, that was played on grass. Oh, mate, this is a shocker. This is really hard. It, it is a hard one. It's, it's a hard one. I, I, got, I just did a random number generator on the uh, top. I mean, I did 70, and I got this player, and I was just like, I can't make this player easy. <laughs> it's always the ones that, that haven't really done anything significant that sort of slip your mind. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's a decent ranking to not get past the fourth round at a slam. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that. To be 22nd in the world and to never have made a slam quarterfinal. I don't know, I guess there are a lot of players that would have done that. Is it Adrian Manorino? Yep, correct. Get well in there. Come on. Plucks from yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, well done. Um, 
that surprised me that he's been in the fourth round of Wimbledon three times. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, um, me too. And, but yeah, the other clues, I guess, I, my next one was going to be on French, which maybe would have given it a little bit, um, even though there are a lot of French players. I had one title that came in S. Hurtengenbosk, but I didn't want to say that because I don't know if I say it properly. Um, yeah, and I had my first name begins with A. <laughs> Fair <laughs> I just wrote no, yes. that because I knew you were going to struggle. But you you got it after four clues. So, yeah, I uh, I, uh, I haven't watched yeah. enough of a, of Manorino to sort of notice that he, note down that he's left-handed. He's usually one of those players that I scroll through the matches I can watch and go, nah. <laughs> um, not gonna lie, that the yeah. reason it came. I was gonna I was gonna maybe put in something about him being a bit of a hothead. Fair enough. Yeah, because you've seen him play before, haven't you? When he's had a bit of a tantrum, I'm sure mm. you've messaged me before saying he's just gone. He's gone off on one. Yeah, um, a player that I feel like has yeah. quite a limited well, ability compared to compared to other players that rank. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, twenty-two. I mean, yeah. the effort from Manorino, you have to say. The reason why I uh, thought of him was because I was scrolling down. You can see. I was scrolling down the rankings either today or yesterday, and sometimes I tell you about players that I think are too high ranked for what they actually are, like Deadwood in the top fifty. And he's mm. definitely Deadwood in the top fifty, in my opinion. Are you gonna put? Is that gonna make the edit? You're slamming Manorino. On I the am. Yeah, there. pointless player. Yeah. Gets to the yeah. fourth round. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, yeah, that was fun. Um, you can kind of see how I'm struggling a little bit when I get the random number generator picks Adrian Manorino and I'm just kind of like how do I make this obvious there's so many French players mm. in the world and he's just the least significant one of all of them <laughs> it's like I don't know picking I don't know but yeah hey ho um, that was fun <laughs> alright then <laughs> yeah, I guess the player for this episode eventually was Adrian Manorino. I'm expecting you to be really mean to me next time. All right, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Michael set the bar quite high with the clues and the and the detail. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be guessing Galan Riveros for my next one. It's gonna be fair enough. Like it's only a matter of time before we dip into the uh, sub top one hundred players. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um hope you enjoy the French Open final tomorrow and have enjoyed our coverage of it um, yeah, during the tournament. Thanks for joining me as always, Michael. Thank you very much. Awesome. Enjoy Thanks the final. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Tennis Fanalist and uh, see you next time.